G'day guys, welcome to the Sydney Roosters NRL Fantasy Preview for 2023. Now the Roosters, they finished 2022 in sixth position. They had a disappointing year when you consider all the major injuries to their top line talent. They were eliminated by their arch rivals, the Rabbitohs, in a spiteful clash in week one. Joining me to analyse the Roosters, we've got Gussie in the house. How are you guys? TK, mate, good to be back. All is, uh, all is good, how are you? Good man, it's good uh, back off the back of the Tigers. We're actually doing these back-to-back on a Saturday after... Yeah, I love it. Running a couple of beers, but uh, the, the Roosters look really, really tasty. Like We ran the narrative last year, Gus, that we thought they were going to actually start well. They actually didn't get out of the blocks very well, but they. I think the back end of last year, they finally figured out Sam Walker was their seven, mm. figured out their structure. They look very healthy to start the season. Yep. And they add the cheese. Your thoughts for their progress for this year? Yeah, mate. Well, I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of their success that we're expecting in 2023 is going to come off the back of Sam Walker well and truly having the keys to that team. Um, you know, they've been umming and ahhing for years about whether or not Walker's ready, what the go is with Luke Keary. But the back end of last year just showed that Walker is the guy to take that team forward for the next, you know, five, ten years, however long he's there. So I think, uh, you know, we could just be on the on the precipice of another uh, sort of dynasty period of dominance from the Chooks. Yeah, if any team's going to, like, seriously challenge Penrith, there's two teams that come to mind. I don't want to be too... I can't really say the Sharks because everyone knows I'm a Sharks fan, but the team that I really am looking forward to watching the most is probably the Roosters, as you mentioned. Mate, Sam Walker's... His last 10 games, his football IQ is through the roof. Considering how old DC is getting, I don't think he's under pressure to lose his spot yet. Mm. But if there was an injury to DCE, for me, I think Sam Walker would be in the mix. Might not get it, but he's starting to really... He, I think he showed in the back end of last year the quality that he has at 20 years old. He's still physically unprepared when you think about how... He's probably the smallest player still in the NRL, yep. but he's had a little bit of size. Really excited about what he brings. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. The other guy is Cheese. Now, Cheese hasn't played a lot of hooker for a long time, ever since kind of COVID ball, but we saw what he could produce in COVID ball behind a big pack of forwards. Has a great pack of forwards at the Roosters, mate. Sure I'm is. expecting some huge things from Cheese. Yeah, man, 100%. You know, it's probably the most talked about signing uh, or, or transfer that the NRL's had in, in recent years. Um, super popular player, just in general NRL terms and as well in fantasy terms at the moment. He's up around 45% ownership. Uh, but I think he's going to make a notable difference to, to that side. You know, although that forward pack is so strong, Cheese just genuinely is a one-of-a-kind player. Um, aggressive on both sides of the uh, of the ball, and he just brings, he's got those sort of intangibles, you know, great guy to have in the locker room, hypes up the boys, you'd love to get behind him, uh, and he's not afraid to do uh, do, do a bit of the dirty work, so I think he's going to make a big difference to, to that side. The only thing I'd caveat that is with, there is a bit of uncertainty around how, uh, how, how Robbo might manage him, and I'm sure we'll unpack it a bit further on, but... Expect big things from the cheese, and everyone's gonna gonna get around him for sure. Now, Gussie, now they have an early buy in round four, and they also have another buy in round thirteen. Yep. So, for one of the premier teams, and there's so much relevance to this team. Usually, we don't get this much relevance for a top four team because a lot of them are overpriced. Mm. But because of the amount of injuries that they had last year, there's some players coming back, some players not hitting their strides last year, which gives us an opportunity, especially if they're all back to their best to start the year, yep. to actually take from round one. So it's one of those things that how many can we take? For, like, for me, I'm thinking everyone's going to take the cheese, right? We'll talk yep. about him later in the, in the in the show, but how many plus the cheese can we carry? 
Well, man, I think you're right. Everyone's going to be on Brandon Smith. Um, but if you've got, you know, three or four of those other bona fide starters, you know, fantasy guns, big money guys that are in that side, you know, your Teddy, your Angus Crichton, your Joey Manus, or your Nat Butchers, when it gets to round four, like, you're in serious strife. Um, so I think, you know, knowing that everyone's taking the cheese, if you've got maybe one extra, you're okay. You're going to afford one red dot or make the trade to uh, to, to cut, cover the position for that week. But any more than two Chooks players in round four, and you're probably going to find yourself in a spot of bother, I think. I think so. Let's rip into some player analysis. So today we'll have our studs, duds, cashies, Trap City, a little bit of bounce back, and if we get to it, we'll do a little bit of draft. But let's rip into... How good is this place? First guy I want to talk about, Sam Walker, 638k break, even a 44. I went on him last year. Now, sometimes it happened to me like the year before last with Joseph Tarpany. Sometimes you do all this research and you're waiting for this role that never eventuates until a second half of the season. Mm. And by the time that happens, the boat's kind of sailed already. Yep, yep. And I was like, because I was on Sam Walker from week one last year because I assumed that he was going to take a lot more of the carry of running the team, which didn't eventuate until Luke Kiry got injured. They gave him the keys of the castle and then they figured out that Kiry actually is the six and he's the seven, yep. which they'll go into this year with a perfect combination now. But you think about him, he's 20 years old, his running game's great, he sets up his outsiders. Biggest thing is, when he moved to seven, he went from an average of 38 to 50. His kick meters went through the roof. His trice is doubled. And you think about the cheese and the late hooker coming to the game. Kiri's going to be second year post the ACL. They've finally figured out how Teddy and Manu both work together. They're talking about Suolihi and Tupu on the left. And then you've got a strong right with Manu, and then it doesn't matter who you're going to put on the right. Yep. You've got the two edges in Butcher and Angus Crichton, and you go, if you're going to take control of any team, I'm taking control of the Roosters, and I think I'm going to score. And he's a goal kicker who put 24% on his kicking percentage last yeah, year. Huge, huge. He could be kicking four or five goals a game. Mm. So for me, I'm projecting him at 52, and I'm really liking, even though his break-even is 44, which is high, but I think you need one of these mid-rangers. I'm going both Hastings and Walker. Yep. But something I'm seeing, and I'm not getting caught again with this Tarpany thing, I don't want to do that. I'm getting Sam Walker round one. Nah, fair man. Tico, we've been talking a bit, and Sammy Walker's been on your lips all preseason, and you know, I don't think you've confirmed it yet, but is there a bit of love interest going on maybe, in 2023? Maybe. If he keeps it up, if he, gets, if he can make me look good, I'll be playing boys and men every week. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd love to hear it. But um, no, mate, it's uh, yeah, definitely a good option. The only thing I'd caveat that with is, as you said, you know, Kiri coming back um, second year post-ACL, and those guys could be on for a little bit of job sharing. But I think we saw enough uh, of what we needed to last year to know that Kiri's going to be the uh, the general of that side. So Not Kiri. Walker's going to be the general of that side, rather. So, uh, yeah, mate, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all for it. I like it. Let's talk Teddy, 777K break, even to 54 the change in rules last year with tackle breaks going down from three to two, I don't think anyone else was affected as much as James Tedesco yep. because he breaks six or seven tackles. Like, unfortunately, that meant he went from a 60-plus player to now a low to mid-50s player. Given that he has the buy in round four and 13, maybe is it something that we wait to after Origin? Could be, mate. It could be, but you can't deny the fact that he's still the best wing fullback in NRL fantasy and probably the only bona fide gun yeah, in, yeah. In, in that wing fullback role. Um, so, you know, if you do like to err, err on the side of caution and, and you're maybe you're a bit more of a conservative coach 
And if you want to get him on the elder, you probably can't talk him out of it. Um, but he is, you know, he is known for having a slow start to the year. So um, there could be, you know, th- there are good reasons not to take him, and there are good reasons to take him. I think it comes down to personal preference there. But at seven hundred and seventy-seven k, probably fairly priced. Um, we have seen in the last two years where people have been able to pick him up in the sort of mid to high six hundreds, and you know, make a hundred k on him towards the back end of the year. But yep. It's. Um, I'll, I'll probably be giving him a miss this year. Yeah, I think uh, so as well. I'm going to go conservative. He, he kind of burned us a little bit early, start of last season. I think there'll be a time and a place to get Teddy. You'll need him. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, for the run home, he's shown time and time again that he is an absolute weapon to have. So, And I guess the other thing is his durability. He's played six of his last eight, game, eight seasons with 20-plus games, plus Origin in Australia on top of that, yeah, yeah, there has to be a point where that kind of catches up with him. He's 30 years old this year, mm. and he just got married, narrative. Yep, it might yep. suck the life out of him. Not too right. And Mitchell Moses was his groomsman. He's in. A, he's going to fall. <laughs> he's done. Other guy, Joey Manu, 730k. Now, he's a jewel still, break even to 50. Now, a lot of people were saying that he's fully priced, which I do agree with. Yep. But there might be a little bit of upside considering the form that we saw him in the end of the last season. Mm the new role where he's allowed to float where the hell he wants. Like, when you think about, again, we talk about durability. So he's played five straight seasons of NRL with 20-plus games of footy. And you think about a wing fullback centre. Like, for me, I'm not getting him round one. But if you put him in your team, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. And I think he's the sort of player that at some point in the year, you're going to want to have him in there. Um, whether it be around origin time, I know the Roosters are swimming in a few buys around that period of, period of the year, but when you've got players like Sammy Walker, Teddy, Luke Keary, who could be out of the picture, he just steps in and just goes into beast mode. Um, you know, back into the last year as well, we saw it. What was he averaging? Sort of up around 78 Huge, points. Huge, mate. Like crazy stuff. So I think you're going to want to get onto him at some point in the year. I agree. Round one, maybe not. Yeah, I'm the same. If, if they lose... One of their spine players, one of Teddy, Walker, or Kiri, and he moved into the six or one, you would be all over it. Must have. I would move, ev- my, I would move heaven and earth to get him into the team, even if it cost me two trades. You just, when he got, like, he will score your 50 as a center, but when he moves into one of these positional roles, that touches the ball so much. Have a look at how much he touched the ball in the World Cup. Yep. yep. It was like he touched the ball every second play. Mm. Like, he is an absolute machine when he plays in the one or six. Like I said, you just got to be on the radar because Kiri gets injured a little bit. He's got his little concussions issues. Walker's been very, very durable over his first two seasons. And Teddy, he's just had so much footy, it has to catch up with him eventually. So just be on the radar, not round one, but be just be prepared. You might even keep a little bit of cash prepared for Joey Manu. Well said. All right, moving on. We've got Angus Crichton, 798k, break even at 55. Finally loses his jaw because I don't even think I've seen him play mid. I've seen him like drift in there a few times. Mm-hmm. But in terms of starting games and the lock roll and all that sort of things, I think he's been a very beneficiary of kind of like some slack rules over the last few years because he was definitely not a mid. But he loses it now. Talk to me about his value at 798k. Yeah, man, agree. I think he got lucky last year remaining that uh, retaining that mid-edge jewel. Um, but look, Angus Crichton is still a fantasy god. Uh, I'm a big fan of him personally, and look, he's a, he's a great option. Uh, we have seen that over the last few years anyway, early season, he can be a bit hot and cold, but when the Roosters are on a hot run of form, man, he's just someone you want to have on your side. 
Um, he can get into a bit, bit of a try-scoring rhythm too. Loves a tackle bust. And for an edge player, his defense is rock solid too. So I think he's just another one of those Roosters guys where there's going to come a time some, some way throughout the season yeah. and you're going to think, I just need to get him in the side. So I think you just got to try and pick your moment. Big narrative here too, Darcy. He broke up with that Morgan Mitchell, you know, the one that was in that, uh, what's it called, the Game Changers show? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was his girlfriend. Yeah. Broken okay. up. He's toey. Yeah. He could be like full of testosterone. Who knows? So he could be just peaking. So you just got to time a little bit of Angus Crichton, who's just on the scene again. That's it. New miso. What do you uh, What do you think? Origin contention? He's probably in the picture. Yeah, you'd think so. Because of his, yeah. I think he's sort of guy that you just play off the bench and... Yeah, I think that's just an easy set and forget there for the Blues. No, 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 no. All right, let's talk about another good guy, but just on name value. Hasn't really ever stood out fantasy-wise. Victor Radley, 576K, break-even of 40. Kind of 40 is kind of like where he's kind of been sitting for a long, long time here, Gussie. Mm. Doesn't play huge minutes in terms of like an 80-minute Cameron Murray where Cam went to last year. I don't think it's just it's just not past and parcel of kind of what he does. Does have a lot of discipline issues at times as well. Yeah, yeah, his on field conduct can uh, you know can can lead to a bit of drama for for Radley owners. But when he's on there and he's playing that link man role, you know, for for a pretty big nuggety guy who runs so hard, his ball skills are right up there with the best link mans in the game. You know, your, your Murrays and your Yos. But he's just too much of a risk with the amount of time he spends uh, sp- spends off the field. I think we've been saying, saying it for years now. But um, he is also on that origin fringe. And if he could force his way into that extended squad, it probably just gives you more reason not to go near him any, any What's time. The, are they letting him play? What's the rules? Because you remember he played for England? True. They, but they were going to consider yep, yep. whether to let these guys play again, which would be interesting just to see kind of where that lies. Because I know it's in the horizon that they want to talk about it. mm Yep, no, true, good point. Not too sure Not too sure where that falls, but I think another thing to consider with him is once uh, Connor Watson is back in the side and fit, he probably comes on and takes a few of Radley's minutes in that uh, in that lock role. So, yep. you know, he's probably just not not enough sources of value, I think, to um, to make him a good buy early just, on. Yeah, I think you just touched it on the head. Like, he's a link. Unfortunately, you don't get scoring for being a link, yep. Yep. which just kills him. Low try scoring, strike rate as well, 0.1, so... Doesn't really have a lot of value. So, again, trap for young players. We all know how good he is. Mm. But it's just one of those things. Just not fantasy relevant at this stage. Yep. Sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, plenty more to come. But if you haven't yet, we would love a review on Spotify, Apple. Please leave us one there. Please also join us on the banner on social media, Facebook, Talking League Pod, Twitter, Talking League One, Instagram, Talking League Pod. Now, the Talking League textbook, that's out now and will feature a comprehensive guide to NRL Fantasy for 2023. 180 pages full of the world's best analysis and dribble. We've got 17 team profiles, predicted round one lineup, season schedule analysis, representative player analysis. We've got a whopping 391 player profiles. All have NRL fantasy projections and classic and draft recommendations. Q&A with the last two champs, 2022 champ Will McAteer and 2021 champ Shane Hewitt. Now, power rankings for the top 20 players per positions, our bold predictions for 2023, classic and draft strategy and tips, and much, much more. Now, 20% of profits goes... Two bowel cancer Australia. That's the honor, the legacy and contribution to one of the gods of the fantasy community and Steve Nichols. He unfortunately lost his life to bowel cancer a short time ago. Our partners at Game Day Squad have generously also thrown in two free pack of 
player cards. They're both valued at nine ninety nine each, so there's a lot of value there. More info, just go to your show notes or your episode notes. Just visit talkingleaguepod.com. But it is out now. Retails at nineteen ninety five. There is a free sample there for you to try before you buy. So please support the podcast and also a great charity and cause. Speaking of game day squad, they're pretty much good to go. So we're live. We've got a transfer market where you can sell your cards. We've got all these different game modes, dynasty mode, heaps of free modes that you can play. The prizes are out of control, Gussie. Agree, man. There are so uh, plenty of plenty for people to get excited about there. We've also overhauled the squad management experience too. And yeah, we're really happy with how it's looking. So on for a big year in 2023. And yeah, hope it gets a bit of traction. Yeah, gamedaysquad.com.au. There is something else in the works. I won't say it yet. I'm not allowed to, but be careful. You know, there's something good about to drop will make it very even easier to access Game Day Squad. So that's it. Be on the lookout for that one. All right, plenty to talk about now. Let's have a little look at cashies. All right, in a star-studded team here, Gussie. Probably not as many to talk about. Can like we just did the Tigers podcast, and there's a heap of cashies in there. The only guy that's really on the list at the moment, they call him Sua Wong, Ben Wong. They call him. Yep. Now he started all the games for Fiji on the right edge. An absolute mammoth, 230K, break even a 16. Now, he's New Zealand-born. He's only 19. Fijian heritage, as I just did. Giant at 107 kilos. Now, New South Wales Cup last year, 10 games. He averaged 45 fantasy points. Scored plenty of three tries, two line breaks. Sorry, plenty of line breaks, five offloads. He averaged 113 metres gained. They are very high on this young kid. Considering Statili Tupanu was out for a long, long time, he might be the one that jags that little bench spot, but they're expecting him to press in the 21 every single week. So he's someone to put in the black book there, Gussie. Absolutely, mate. I think uh, his World Cup campaign was pretty impressive too. Uh, had a great few runs out there for, uh, for Fiji. So definitely one to watch. And if he's in the 17, could be a yeah, nice little cashy. Like it. All right, bounce back time, Gus. We've talked about him at the start of the show, Brandon's Cheese Smith. Now, he comes in at 585k, break even of 40. Last time I checked, he was about a 40% owner. So everyone's stacking into him. Now, break even of 40. What's our projection kind of around him on? What do you reckon, Gus? Mate, I'm thinking high, uh, mid, mid to high 40s. I've got him in at a 48 to 50. Um, and look, you've got to go with the pack here. He's a must-have for round one. He's going to be too heavily owned not yep. to have... We know how destructive Cheese can be when he's got the ball in hand, and defensively he's uh, he's rock solid at it as he loves to get stuck in. And with that hook mid duel, he's uh, he's going to be bloody useful for all coaches. One uh, one thing I would say though is, if you can avoid it, try not to build your team around him because there is just a bit of uncertainty with his role. Um, you know, Robbo has a funny way of managing managing big players, particularly when they uh, when they're fresh to the club. Early in the season, they're yet to find the feet, and if he's not as good as we think, uh, he if he's not as good as we think he's going to be, I think you need to be able to get off him quickly. Um, so you know, quick sell, quick trade out, do what you can to just make sure he's not shedding too much cash. But look, I, I don't see that being a likely scenario. I think he's probably going to be a season long keeper, and I think you know the people have probably got it right this year with Brandon Smith. Yeah, he's got a dangerous running game, right? He averages over a hundred meters running games. Great tackle breaker as well, nearly three. But the thing is, to antipod him, you also lose his versatility for your own squad, right? Definitely. Because you've got a hooker and mid. So you can think about getting some guns in the mid or some guns in the hooker. Like, I think he solves some problems. 
Like you don't have to like go against the pack on this one because you might need him as a mid or you might need him as a hooker, and just allows you to kind of field a team at times. Yep. Like I wouldn't anti pot him. I just don't think it's worth going against the pack. Like just say he was a center, I would anti pot him. Hundred percent. Yep. But when you've got a dual mid, like we all like, it's hard to know, especially with the twenty-seven round season. I don't know, like, week to week, what these hookers are going to be playing. Like, it could be varying minutes right across the board, mm. which means that it's probably going to get harder and harder to figure out who's your gun apart from Cook and Grant. Yep, yep. So when that's the case and you kind of you want this season to kind of play out a little bit before making some big decisions, having him in the hooker position and not having to worry about that for a little while, just you, you're buying yourself a little bit of time. Agree, agree, man. I think um, you know, got to factor in as well that Connor Watson's had a bit of a uh, bit of an injury in this preseason too, which probably rules him out for round one. Uh, and we sort of were expecting him to come in and sub minutes on for on for Cheese and Radley and play, you know, maybe a bit of time at uh, at lock, a bit of time at hooker. Uh, but with Connor Watson out of the picture, I think you know Cheese is probably owning that spot. That uh, that probably only does good things for his minutes, unless of course we see someone like Jake Turpin coming to the picture, who is an out and out hooker. Yeah, uh, but even so, Radley's probably not an eighty-minute player at this point in time, and I think Cheese is going to be on for good minutes there. Yeah, I think with your projection of that forty-eight to fifty, I think that's kind of spot on because he just doesn't have the defensive work rate of your your great hookers like your Cook, your Grant, yep. your Marnie. Like these guys get down and dirty defensively. Blake Braley, he doesn't do it. Like his work rate, we averaged twenty-four tackles last year, Agreed. and he misses. He he misses like he does those little slippery ones. Mm. But the so, uh, the attacking upside that can't be overlooked either. You know he has uh, he has got those wombat like burrows in his arsenal. Uh, loves it crashing over uh, over the try line from dummy half, and you know don't be surprised if you see him you know putting up sixties and sixty fives one week and then high thirties low forties another. Um, so I think yeah it could be a bit of volatility in the cheese, but I think around that average it's probably a pretty safe bet. Yeah, now he's not on our list, but I just want to quickly touch because we're making good time here. Jazza Sualehi. Now he's just under five hundred k. If he's training at left centre, he's probably going to get dual tag for that round one. He's in a contract year where he's trying to he's tracking the interests of both rugby and then obviously the Roosters and a few other NRL teams. He wants a million bucks. Mm. So he's going to have to play some big footy. He played great at the World Cup playing at fullback, which yep. is obviously where he wants to play. But going back, it's a very strong left edge. He could be lining up on a left edge. If you know, We talked about the Bulldogs having a good one. The Roosters are probably better. Crichton, Kiri, Suali, Tupo. Yeah, you'd say so. That's um, you know, that's 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 world class. Um, I think with Suali, it's just a bit hard to justify his selection at the moment because you, you know, he could fit in anywhere in that back line. And as you said, contract year, he wants to play fullback. Low likelihood that the Chooks are you know moving on Teddy or changing Teddy's role too much to justify the big contract price tag for Suali and put him in that fullback role, but. You never know what's going to happen. Um, this kid's future is so bright. We got a really good taste of uh, what he can do last year. So he's uh, he's going to be a weapon, and you know he could be one to keep in that uh, in that black book for the run home. Because if the Roosters are hot on form and that left edge is firing, he could be a serious benefactor of that. Yeah, considering his work rate in the attack and the fact that you know centre and wing fullbacks kind of shallow, but if they're giving this roaming role to Joey Manu. He plays on the right, which generally means that Joey Manu will be floating on the left. Yeah, which yeah. means the ball is going to be going to the left. Mm. Which means if you're the left center, you're going to be fed some ball, man. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And he's got such a uh, such an esteemed finisher and Daniel Tupo outside him there. Mm. Um, you know, 
whether it be tries or TAs, I think uh, it's not hard to envision Sibley racking up the stats. That's for sure. I think so too. All right. Trap City, a couple of big names on here. Jared Weirah Hargraves comes in at 479k, break even at 33. But again, trap for young players because he's got a great name value. Starts from time to time. Blows up from time to time, has great games from time to time, but not at a level to be taking him week to week. Agree, man. You know, he's really cemented his role as that big not to be messed with enforcer for the Roosters. But at 34 years old, his career's coming to an end. He's probably going to be pushing for a bench role. And I just don't know if you can go near him. Um, his minutes have been dropping off over the last few years, as has his PPM. So I think it's just too much of a risk. So, uh, yeah, where possible, steer clear of JWH. I think so too. Paul Momorowski, 422k. Break even at 29, but it looks like if he might find himself either on the right wing or maybe out of the team altogether. Yeah, agree, man. Agree. And, you know, for new players, he could be a tempting option coming in the sort of low 400s. He's got the center wing fullback duel, and he actually does have a bit of fantasy pedigree to his name. Uh, we saw when he was at Penrith, he was doing really good things there, and there was the uh, the the, the loan uh, loan deal that happened with the Tigers too, and yeah, he spent a bit of time, uh, all, you know, almost journeyman territory for Morovsky. But uh, he's been at four clubs. He has, he has. But um, the job security is probably just not there for me. Uh, you know, you've got blokes coming back, the likes of Billy Smith, who um, you know the Roosters love him, and you'd like to think he gets a run at some point. Corbett loves him. There, true, true. Um, but yeah, Momo, I think just. To uh, to risk and yeah, he's tempting with the jewel, but I think you've got to avoid him. Yeah, I think so too. That's just name value. I know these want to bring and, but he's a great bloke too. But he's just yeah, too much risk. All right, we got to a little bit of draft. We have got a few minutes to go. Luke Kiry. Now I'll give him. I'll give you his classic price as well. Five hundred sixty-seven k comes in at a break-even of thirty-nine. Now a couple of years ago when he was you know the main man before he did his ACL, he, he was averaging close to sixty. Mm, mm. So we know what he kind of and I love the fact that. Now he knows that he's not having to run the team and he can sit back, pick his spots. He's not a bad one for draft. Agree, man. If you can pick him up in these kind of late rounds, he's probably a bit of a low-risk option. Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't be throwing too much in him early, say, in the first six or seven rounds or anything like that. But, you know, even if you do pick him up in the kind of ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, and say, you know, he does cop another concussion or spend a bit of time on the sidelines, you're not losing that much, you know, that's yep. going to happen to a lot of players that you pick up around that uh, that, that point of the draft. Um, we know how good he can be. There is going to be a bit of job sharing going on with uh, with your man, Sammy Walker, but he's still got a really good kicking game that is so important to that Roosters side. So, yeah, there's definitely a bit of upside there in Kiri. I think uh, it's a good call, one to keep an eye out for the late rounds of the draft. Yeah, I think great call. I think don't, like Jussie said, don't spend one early because he's coming back again. And he's going to be in a different role. So just let it play out. Don't burn a early kind of like on namesake only. Don't burn one in the first five or six rounds. But if he floats you there, seventh or eighth, it'll be a nice little second half to have and lock him in and he might give you a little bit of, you know, upside. I think, you know, at his best, he can definitely score in those high 40s and early 50s. 100%. Right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Roosters. Before I let you go, just remember Talking League textbook, that's out now. Just have a look at your episode guide or just head over to talkingleaguepod.com or just send me a DM if you just get lost on that one. Game Day Squad, as we mentioned in the middle of the show, lots of prizes, lots of product enhancements, including the transfer market. So just head over to gamedaysquad.com. 
thegasblog.com.au. But Gussie, thanks for your thoughts, man. It's been great. And we'll check you on one of the Monday Team Doctor shows. Yeah, cheers, TK. Always a pleasure. Keen for uh, next Monday's Team Doctor. Can't wait. Love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Roosters. A couple more team previews to come, so be be on the lookout for that. But just remember, Team Doctor, at the moment, it's at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. That's with me, Gussie, and Riley. A couple of punters every week come onto the show. So if you want to be involved in that show, we'll be running it all year. Just send us an email at info at talkingleaguepod.com or just hit up the DMs on either Facebook Instagram or Twitter, and we'll get something lined up for you there. We also got the live Q&As for the next couple of weeks on a Wednesday. That's 7.30 Eastern, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. In a couple of weeks, that will move, though, to 8.30 because the Queensland boys are going to be taking over that. Just for more information, just head over to the Facebook page, and we'll give you an update of what's exactly happening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your company, and we'll check you on the next preview show. Cheers.